0: And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you, guys. Let's get on into the episode.
1: Yeah, fighters. What's up, everybody? It's Mike here, episode 131 of the Life of Fighter podcast. And today's episode, we're going to be going over nutrition for injury and rehabilitation. This was a really interesting topic for me because obviously when we're looking at nutrition for athletes, we have to calculate so many factors, activity levels, recovery, sleep, all those things. Now on top of that, most athletes, if not all athletes, are going to get injured at some point throughout their career. And not just athletes, really anyone that's training to a certain extent, especially in the beginning stages, you're more than likely going to make a mistake. You're still figuring out your body. You're still learning all these different cues and indicators by your body and also with your trainer if you're working with one to figure out what the balance is. So Part of that's injuries. We're going to go over some nutrition tips, habits, and things to do to help increase and facilitate this recovery process. But before we jump into that, got a couple of quick shout-outs and announcements, all that fun stuff. As always, this episode, every episode is brought to you by the Life of a Fighter shop. So you go to lifeofafighter.com forward slash shop. We're actually – I'm really excited, guys. We're starting to um, put some development together for 2019 – Um, We have our app being in development now officially. We're we're starting the whole process. I've been working on the back end on different algorithms and different things to work out for this app. And now we finally have a developer that's going to help actually develop the app itself exactly how we want it. And the goal is to have a beta version being tested for 2019 so all of our listeners you guys are going to get exclusive access to that first before anyone else does so i'm really excited about that Mm -hmm. and part of that is if you're a fitness nutrition vault member you'll get access sooner than anyone else or premium any one of our clients and members you get access first before the general public and then any one of our listeners here and frequent uh, blog visitors you're going to get access or social media Mm -hmm. files you'll get it next after that and then we're going to put it out to the general public so really excited about that and part of that is going to be The companies that we work with too, Life of a Fighter Approved Brands, and one of them I'm really excited about that I just finished doing their 30-day challenge was uh, Stealth Fitness at Game Your Core on social media, and they have this really cool planking board where you can download the app on your phone, you plop it on the the planking board, and then it's gyro-based, so it's sensitive to movement, so you can move left, you can move right, you can pull up and down and crunch left crunch right all these fun little factors and then it interacts with your phone so it's a cool gaming system i highly recommend you guys check it out the app to download is free you can go on their website below click on the link um, they have two different options. They have a standard one for just pretty much people's homes or individual use, and then they have a commercial-grade one that's just going to be a little bit more uh, durable material for the mat where your arms are going to go. Um, both are great, and I think it's an awesome product. It's a really cool idea. So it's something I'm recommending to all my clients and our audience and our coaches are. So wanted to share that with you guys. Um, good stuff. So let's now jump into our topics. So when we're talking about injury – or um, rehabilitation, we're looking at a couple different phases or stages that we're going to be going through. So I thought I'd kind of briefly cover those first, and then talk about some of the caloric needs that we can change, or what our body's going to need, the macronutrient ratios and profiles that we're going to want, micronutrient profiles that we're going to want, and then some uh, dietary herbs we can also mix in there as well that are very effective. So first, we're going to look at four stages of injury, and uh, the stage, the first stage, stage one, is going to be inflammation. That's zero to four days. Post-injury, right after it happens, inflammation is going to be swelling to that site, wherever that may be. So that's the first thing we're going to be looking at and addressing with our nutrition when we get to that part later. Um, There's going to be pain, potential swelling and edema, um, redness. Uh, So maybe heat coming off of it. There's a couple different things that could be going on. So all those play a role in the nutrition that we're figuring out. Then after that is going to be stage two, the proliferative phase. So that's four days to 21 days. So that's really the first week to three weeks afterwards. That's where scar tissue can be happening. Um, different things that are going to be going on from a recovery standpoint. So again, we're integrating that as well into what we're doing from a nutrition standpoint. It's going to be changing every single week or weeks as it go by because we have to address different things that are going on in the body. Then the third stage is going to be called the remodeling phase of injury. And that's 21 days to about two years afterwards. So that's a longer stage and a longer phase. This is where we really have an opportunity. Everyone thinks right in the initial stages where the recovery is happening, but it takes multiple Months and into years for the true recovery to complete and in that process we can't forget about the nutrition is going to play a role the way we train so a lot of times we'll spend maybe one to three months in physical therapy or addressing it or post surgery or whatever it have you but then after you kind of forget um, you don't forget about the injury because it's always there but you kind of forget about the new all the different things that play a role and maybe you break some of the habits of like all right, doing PT exercise and all that and then building on top of it. But that varies from person to person and from goal to goal as well. All right, so that's our remodeling phase. And then that can even get broken down into three stages afterwards, That, which is going to be stage one reactive phase um, of inflammation. And that's up to two to three weeks post-surgery. Then we have stage two, uh soft callus. So that's gonna be about two to three weeks to potentially upwards four to eight weeks post surgery, and then stage three a hard callus, gonna be four to eight weeks, upwards of eight to twelve weeks. And those are also different breakdowns again the remodeling phase of it. So again, we're keeping all of this in mind for the nutrition part and really even for training. Um then going into stage four bone remodeling. This can be eight to twelve months. I'm sorry, eight to twelve weeks and upwards of several years. Thereafter, for this to be completed, okay. Also, age is going to play a factor. A lot of different things are going to play factors, but those are the stages we're looking at. What we're kind of incorporating into the nutrition, okay. So, I wanted to take one specific example. We're going to take a 14-year-old uh, male athlete, five foot six, 140 pounds, and kind of break it down what they would potentially look like with just standard caloric intake based on some of the basic math that we're using, and then what their um, competition or in-season nutrition caloric needs would look like. And then also if they were injured and needing rehabilitation, what those caloric needs would look like as well. And we're basing it on a couple different factors. You can also see this in the notes if you click on the link below from the podcast, jump over to the website. I have all this broken down as well. thought it would be a nice little useful tool for you guys. So sedentary life, you're not actually in season yet. You're really not training or doing too much activity very light activity, if that's a more of an off season vibe or um, resting time off, is going to be about 1,933 calories. Again, this is for a 14 year old male athlete, 5'6, 140 pounds. Okay, then if they're training and competing daily or very actively, it's going to be about 2,739 calories per day. And then if they're injured or Coming off for of injury and, and recovering, they're going to need about 2,319 calories per day. So, if you notice, they need more calories than if they're just not doing anything from a sedentary life, which would make sense if you think about it, because when you're repairing tissue or bone or whatever whatever the injury is, it's going to demand a caloric um, need to have that function. So, we need more calories than you normally would not doing anything. So, that's something to just keep in mind that I think is important. But at the same time, just because you need more calories doesn't mean you should be eating the same way you would in season, like you're competing, because you don't need the exact same amount. There's where the potential of gaining weight could come in, but also the potential to not hear properly because some people think, okay, and they do make a smart move. Let's eat less because I'm not burning as many calories, but you're not actually eating enough because you still need a little bit more of a demand. So that's the basic caloric. Breakdown. Now let's look at some of the macro breakdowns. Specifically, protein is going to play a big one. Fat's going to play a big one. Carbs are going to be a little less specific. But for protein, let's say if we normally are recommending between, point, let's say, one gram to two grams of protein per kilograms of body weight, which is roughly going to break down to about a gram of uh, protein per pound if we do a conversion to maybe a half half a gram of protein per pound. Um, Now, what we're going to want to do is stay on that upper end of about a gram per protein per pound when we're injured because of the amino acid need and profile that we're going to have from protein. And what was interesting is two amino acids that we're going to be really looking for and even potentially we may want to supplement with is going to be arginine and glutamine, which is going to play a big role in recovery. And for both of those, you can do about 14, 10 to 15 grams. Really, 14 is that sweet spot in the middle for both broken up into um, two doses, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, seven grams each. And you can do that again in a powdered supplement form. We can recommend a couple below. Click on the links. We got some for on Amazon that are really good. On it's good, um, but they don't have those specific amounts. Individually, it's going to be integrated into other protein sources. So then I have a couple links for just specifically uh, glutamine and arginine and in the quantities that you're going to want. So that's that part of it. So really the important thing is going to be taking in our protein sources, complete protein profile. So for those that are vegan or vegetarian, you want to make sure that you're mixing your sources so it's going to get a complete profile otherwise the recovery is not going to be there. Now we're looking at fat. This is another important one. Traditionally with our fat profiles, what we look at is with our omega-3, 6, 9 ratios are going to be in a certain range and specifically our omega-3 to our omega-6 is going to be about a 1 to 1 or a 1 to 3 ratio, okay, favoring omega-6. Now what we want and what we're suggesting here is to drop that or to slightly change it in favor of omega-3. So now instead of having a 1 to 3 omega-3 to omega-6 ratio, we may even drop it to a 1 to 1 or even favor omega-3 just a little bit because the omega-3 fatty acids are going to allow a couple of things to happen and have a positive impact on collagen production and allow some healing to take place more effectively versus if we have the ratio the other way around, May hinder that recovery process, so that's something you just want to be aware of. Again, you don't have to obsess over it, um, but try. Like it doesn't have to be perfectly those ratios, but try and have at least a one to one, so you're not favoring too much of the omega sixes. And along with the omega three to omega six ratio, what we can also do is supplement with fish oil, krill oil, or whatever kind of um, omega three rich oil you prefer. I'm really a big fan of fish oil and krill oil; those are the two that. I've personally been able to utilize and we've been able to utilize with our coaches and clients the most. And what we recommend is anywhere from three all the way upwards of nine grams of fish oil. What's really interesting, kind of on a side note, so we're talking specifically about injury um, and rehabilitation or post-injury and then rehabilitation and nutrition for it. But one of the side benefits of uh, fat or higher fat intake and, and supplementation with fish oils or krill oil and one thing that they saw in a research study that I was reading on Precision Nutrition's website was that they would even go upwards of whatever percentage body fat of nutrition you were, that's how many grams of uh, fat you were going to have as a supplemental dose. So, for example, if you're 20, like I was 20, I want to say 23% body fat the last reading I did on an in body scan, that means I'd be having 23 grams of fish oil with that protocol. Now, I'm not saying go out and do that, but there was a correlation when they would look at the data. Again, correlation doesn't mean causation, so it doesn't mean there's a direct link there. But there could be something there, of high having higher amounts of supplemental fish oil and krill oil, and a higher percentage of loss in, in body fat when they would do their um, check-ins. So there's something to that, okay? And there's actually some some real good explanations to why that I've gone into in the past with other episodes. But that's something I just want to highlight. So if you're afraid of having Um, this level of fish oil or krill oil or fats in general, don't be afraid of the fat because people usually associate fat with actually being fat. It's kind of quite the opposite, especially when we're talking about injuries or brain performance or any kind of recovery. Fat can be a crucial element, uh, crucial on a macronutrient level, but also on a micronutrient level because not only again, is it being uh, a factor when we're looking at collagen production or lack thereof or potential testosterone production, lack thereof, cholesterol levels, all these things. But also it's key with fat, I'm sorry, with um, vitamin and mineral absorption, specifically vitamins D, A, K, and E. Those are fat soluble vitamins. So we need to have them with actual fat. So that's another benefit to having it. All right. So we got our protein and we got our fat down. Now let's talk about carbohydrates here a little bit. And carbs is one that, especially when we're looking at the injury, the specificities and the standards of it haven't been really well documented and researched as much. And when I talk about specificities, meaning there's not as much data on, okay, this type of carbohydrate and this quantity is the recommended baseline with proteins and fats. We kind of see a little bit more of that or at least we have a little bit more of that information. With carbohydrates, we know we need carbs because you're going to need the fuel source to be able to fuel this recovery as we've stated prior with the caloric needs. So what I like to do is break it down. Okay, based on the the protein amounts we're doing on body weight and based on the BMR calculator that we're utilizing in the formulas we're using there, we take whatever our caloric need is. Then I subtract my protein needs and then I'm going to start to then get an idea of the fat intake. I'm going to have subtract that out and then whatever the total calories left will be the carbohydrates that I'm going to shoot to eat for. So for example, I'll give you a case of what I mean. So let's take our our 14-year-old male that is 5'6", 140 pounds. If he's recovered and injured or if he's post-injury and he's recovering – He's roughly going to need 2,300 calories. So let's say he's 140 pounds. That means we're going to want 140 grams of protein based on what the the recommendations we just talked about. So if we take 140 times it by 4, that's going to be, what, 560, right? So 560 calories, we're going to knock that off the 2,300. So we take 23. They're at 18 already. So now we look at our fat. We're going to do a, a, let's say, a 1 to 1 omega-3 to omega-6 ratio. And I'm going to do... Um and, and I'm I'm also basing this on we can do two ways. We could do okay, if we have five hundred calories are going to protein, then I could say what percentage of that of the total is it. So if we're saying five hundred of twenty three, that's gonna be I'm trying to do math off the top of my head without a calculator. Let's just make it a thirty percent, okay? Which it's it's not but well, let's just say it is, okay, for, for easier math. It's closer to maybe 20% or 25%, but let's just say it's 30%. 30%, okay, so I got 30% dedicated to protein. That means I have 70% left to fat and carbs. What ratio or what number is that going to allow me to have with my fats? Okay, I typically, if I look at my past history of what I'm doing in my training season, logging my foods, I'm at about 40% fat. So you know what? I'm actually going to keep that ratio of 40% fat, do 40% times my 2300 calories, that would give me my yield for the grams I'm gonna have for my fat. And then whatever the difference is, the 30% left over, that's how much I'm going to have in carbohydrates. That's how I like to approach it and do it with our clients. Kind of get a baseline of we know we definitely need this. We know we definitely need that. Okay, what's left after that? Whether from a caloric standpoint, a macronutrient ratio standpoint, or uh, a micronutrient standpoint with our vitamins and minerals. And that's our perfect transition into now we've looked at our macros, the fat, carbs, and protein. Now we're going to look at the vitamins and minerals, the micronutrients that are going to be essential to our recovery. And the ones we're going to look at, that are really going to be crucial, we're going to pay attention to is vitamin A, vitamin C, copper, zinc, calcium, and iron. Okay. And then we'll talk a little bit about some of the benefits and recommended dosages and all that fun stuff. So for our sports injuries or any kind of real uh, post injury and rehabilitation, we're going to want to have about 25,000 IUs daily. That's going to be our recommended dose. And again, these are recommendations. Um, that we can both go up and down depending on the size of the individual and the needs given. This is just to give us a baseline, okay? Also, what you could do is, and what I highly recommend, is getting either with, we can help you find um, labs that you can do your blood work at, or we could refer out for that, or you could just ask your doctor. Do your blood panel. Find out what your um, nutrient levels are at, your vitamins and minerals, and then also, if you can, do a hormone panel as well. That's ideal, because then you can start to see what what kind of reaction your body's having? Is cortisol changing? Is testosterone changing? Estrogen? All our other hormones, HGH? Wherever we're at, how is your body responding to it? What kind of adjustments can we make from a nutritional standpoint? And then even beyond the nutritional standpoint, what other kind of adjustments can you make? Do you need more recovery? Do you need to maybe supplement something else? Does the doctor maybe need to give you some kind of uh, script for something to help with either inflammation or help with the hormones or help with your, your nutrient absorption? Or maybe your guts, uh, you have some kind of bacteria issue going on there. There's all these factors that we could look at that blood work can give us a lot of insight into. So anyways, again, so we're going to our vitamin A. Again, this is uh, we talked about the the recommended dose and we can get as little as ten thousand IUs daily and then go all the way up to twenty five thousand IUs daily. So that's the kind of recommended range you're gonna go at. And vitamin A is gonna be really important when we're talking about um supporting early inflammation and then also with collagen formation. So, and also modulation. So we want to be able to not only when inflammation that zero four day window, that's where vitamin A is gonna become a really important one, but then also throughout that process. So and what's really cool guys is if you check the link below or if you're on our website, we have a micronutrient fighter's guide I specifically designed that has a list of all the different vitamins and minerals. and then it's gonna have a source for each one. And then with that, it's going to also have some toxicity marks so you know if you're having too much of it as well. And then also if you're undernourished with that particular one, it'll tell you some of the symptoms as well. So if you can't get blood work for whatever reason, pay attention to maybe some of the symptoms that you're feeling, whether if it's nausea, lightheadedness, lack of energy. Um, there's a bunch of other different factors you could look at. But again, vitamins and minerals are precursors to other formula um, reactions that are happening in the body and they allow these processes to take place. So without them, Gonna have an effect. So let's pay attention to it. Next up, vitamin C. It's gonna enhance our um, oh man, I love pronouncing interesting words that I haven't practiced before. Neutrophilus, hmm, doesn't sound right, guys, but let's just go with that. White blood says white blood cells that are involved in fighting bacterial infection. Now that sounds really important, especially. Post injury rehabilitation, especially if that injury rehabilitation has a need for surgery and if that surgery is going to have a fresh wound, which, again, if they're having any kind of invasive surgery or even non invasive, there's, there's going to be a potential of infection. Okay? Even if you just, in an injury on the field, you scraped yourself, it doesn't even require any surgery or anything like that or any kind of real uh, stitches. If you have any kind of open cut wound, things like that, this can be really important as well as in other recovery um, processes, processes. How do you guys like to pronounce that? I like processes Um, thereafter. So vitamin C is going to be another important vitamin that we're going to want to take in. Vitamin A and vitamin C. Those are the two big ones, okay, with inflammation and then also with um, bacterial infection control. Then we're looking at some minerals. So we got copper, zinc, calcium, and iron. So first with copper, it's going to assist in the formation of red blood cells and acts in concert with vitamin C to form elastin. So it's again working in conjunction with vitamin C, but first copper by itself is going to assist in red blood cell formation. Very important. Obviously red blood cells are going to be delivering and circulating throughout our bloodstream. So we want to make sure that we're getting the nutrients and all the things that we want. Oxygen to that area, and we're also flushing out the things that we don't want from an inflammatory standpoint or from toxins being released as part of these reactions that are taking place. Then again, we have it in conjunction with vitamin C because they're going to assist one another in these processes. Okay, and we got zinc. So um, this is a really interesting one. Zinc is required for over 300 enzymes in the body and plays roles in DNA synthesis, cell division, and protein synthesis. So not only... Are we going to want zinc for all these multiple enzymes that are in our body taking place, and for them to do their job, but also for uh, a reaction and repair for our DNA, and then obviously for our muscle tissue and protein synthesis? So zinc is going to obviously be an important one as well. And then I, oh, I didn't go over the the recommended dose for copper, so or for vitamin C. So for vitamin C, we're going to do one to two grams daily, and then with copper, we're going to do two to four milligrams daily. With zinc, it's going to be 15 to 30 milligrams daily. Now we have calcium and iron. So like uh, zinc deficiencies, calcium and iron deficiencies are quite common. Okay, so that's first we're probably going to assume that we're deficient in one or multiple. Um, Because of their roles in bone health, deficiencies in these two minerals can increase the risk of stress, fractures, in athletes. So A, a little bit of preemptive, but then also let's say you already have a fracture, you already have an injury – um, they're going to come in handy as well. So we're, we're using these in again, brief periods following injury of trauma, sustained higher doses of many of these micronutrients can be toxic. So it's not something that we're going to be doing for long periods of time. We're doing them in a short phase, a short window, um, specifically with, again, these different phases we talked about stage one, two, three, and four, we're going to have these uh, vitamins and minerals coming in at different levels at different times. And again, supplementing with them in very specific windows. Okay. Specifically, probably in the first, uh, stage one and and two to four weeks, even is where a lot of this is going to be happening to help with the recovery inflammation and, um, bacterial infection standpoint. And then what I highly recommend guys is, do it for the first two three weeks see how you feel obviously talk to your doctor or reach out to us or reach out to registered dietitians or someone that you can trust we'll connect you to our team and staff that's the benefit guys Mm -hmm. of what i've tried to create here. What we put all together is not just it's myself and the qualifications and certifications that I have, but I also have a team of MDs, physical therapists, RDs, all the different uh, specialists in different areas that we're going to need for this so that I'm not doing this alone. I can reference out when I need to, whether you're it's an in-network um, professional that we worked with, or if you have someone that you've worked with in the past that you really like, but you want to add us to the other piece of the puzzle, we'd be happy to come on board with that as well. So I highly recommend bringing a team together that you can utilize saying hey okay i know i got this injury i'm doing my physical therapy but what can i do from a nutrition standpoint to optimize this all right boom we got that so taking all of our vitamins minerals now let's talk about some dietary herbs and this is what we're going to kind of finish it up with that can help us as well and everyone's heard me probably talk about bromelain this is going to be on our list here but we'll get to that one when we get to it first let's talk about turmeric turmeric's been uh kind of a wonder herb or wonder spice and herb that people talk about and it's been brought up uh, i've seen it more in the news in the last like couple years especially in the last couple months with inflammation in regards to inflammation but it's been around forever and it's been something that's been utilized for many different purposes and it's a plant in the ginger family and has been used for anti-inflammatory properties and agents, especially in wound healing as well. So kind of going back to vitamin C, helping with the infection side of it, it can help with that wound healing up faster, but also it'll help with the inflammation as well. So that's what's really cool about it. You'll see you could take it orally. I've seen like even with our fire cream um, that we work with. It's a topical agent that is great for injuries and things like that. So we're specifically talking about nutritional supplementation, but I've seen it utilized as creams and topical ointments. Um, But this one you can orally ingest it. So that's a benefit to turmeric. And there's no necessarily recommended dose on this one. Just the more you can utilize it and cook with it and integrate it into your food, the better. I don't necessarily like to recommend people starting with supplementing on these first. First, try and get it from actual food sources and um, turmeric's one of those that's not actually from one given food source, it's just something that you can mix into your cooking. But, um, brown mustards or mustards in general are gonna have it in there, so try and integrate that where you can that aren't gonna have added sugars, um, or any kind of added sweeteners. Alright, next we got up garlic. Garlic's another amazing kind of, um, Choice that you can make that has a lot of different benefits and a lot of different ways that you could apply the, the benefits to your body. I've seen it even going back to when I had staph infection uh, in Thailand. Uh, people re- recommending either mincing it up or or smashing it up, putting it in a tea bag, and putting it on the actual open wound to help with the, the healing of it and to help with the uh, anti fungal and antibacterial properties. So I thought that was an interesting, and I could definitely feel it. Um at least in the beginning stages, definitely working on the, the bacteria that was going on in there. But obviously that by itself maybe not be the best choice. If you catch it early on, I had it at a point where it was way too far gone and I needed to actually have medication and all that fun stuff. But that's one of the fun benefits to garlic. Okay. So on top of that, again we're going back to um it has some inf- anti inflammatory enzymes that I'm gonna actually, you know, let's try and do this. Cyclo, Cyclogonese? No. Eh, let's leave it at that. Let's leave it. I'm not even going to try those. But these enzymes are going to help with inflammation. Again, garlic is going to be a great source for that. Now we talk about my probably my favorite one, bromelain. Okay, bromelain is an enzyme from pineapples. That's something I actually got from... Um, Dietitian and professional boxer chris algieri listening to one of his uh seminars talking about recovery and one of the things he really likes is pineapples and because of the enzyme bromelain that's in them and that always just kind of stuck with me and i've always just kind of really kept on top of that so i'm a big component of this and i'm a big fan especially during fight camp but for injuries and and rehabilitation purposes this is going to be a great one try and integrate uh, pineapples into your diet so that would be a good source for carbohydrates right there even though it is um sugar it's a fruit it's relatively low in the glycemic index and load uh comparatively to like watermelon or cantaloupe and then also again it has bromelain in there so you have tremendous benefit across the board so that's that now we got Bozuela i don't think i'm pronouncing that either boswellia let's just start with that um Type of tree that produces resin with anti-inflammatory properties. So again, if we look at all these, what is the one common thing you start to hear they all have in common? Anti-inflammatory properties or inflammation enzyme regulation or or anything around that. So yeah, this is another one that's going to help with inflammation. And then finishing up, flavonoids. Flavonoids are a group of plant chemicals and often function as plant pigments. So you're finding them in dark-colored fruits um, such as berries. So these... Flavonoids, so they're going to help with whether we're talking about um, antioxidants or providing antioxidants to help with free radicals that are taking place in our body, which is a lot of times what we hear them for, but also helping with uh, acute injuries for inflammation purposes and uh, with our anti-inflammatory effects. So again, sticking to that same theme anti-inflammatory properties or inflammation benefit. All of these are just going to help with the inflammation. So really the first stage or the first two stages is where you're going to probably want to have these the most to really help facilitate a reduction in inflammation and reducing even a little bit of pain hopefully. So that's where we're going to leave it for today's Nutrition for injury and rehabilitation. I kind of went a little bit longer and by a little bit longer, I pretty much doubled up on our normal time, but I wanted to make sure that I covered um, all our bases on this. I thought it was really important because I constantly hear all athletes are getting injured at some point to some extent or another, so this is a good way to combat that. And for even those that aren't a- uh, athletes or competing, just someone that's going to stay active in the fitness world, at some point, injuries are going to happen whether you're doing everything right or not. Sometimes accidents happen This is a good way to help recover from them and get past them. So, yeah, fighters. Hope you have a great rest of your week. And we will see you next time on the Life of a Fighter podcast.
0: dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter so if you haven't signed up for that do so below it's free and that is it y'all see you on the next one